Hey, how about them tops, son? All day, SEC boys. You're listening to the Red Out Podcast. Hello and welcome into another Red Out Podcast. Feels good to be back in the main seat. I am Devin and we should have Jared on here in just a second. Uh, but before we get into anything, just want to remind everybody to like, share, and subscribe. As always, uh, appreciate y'all's support, and Jared is here. How's it going, buddy? How are you? Doing good, doing good. I'm getting used to the lack of sleep, so it's fine. Uh, I guess that's a good thing, but it's still sad. <laughs> uh, it's, all, it's all part of it, though, right? At least for the next three years probably maybe i figured maybe. it was at least 18 but yeah i mean it depends on <laughs> a lot of factors i guess yeah exactly um so i guess we'll just go ahead and jump right into it uh winners and losers this week uh i've got a few off the wall ones and i have pre-screened some of these um i missed this story but apparently the philadelphia flyers mascot known as gritty uh mm-hmm was charged with assault <laughs> after the mascot was accused of punching a 13 year old boy in the back at a season ticket holder event. Uh, honestly, as someone that's worked with middle school age kids since about 2012, I can understand how that happens. Absolutely. Okay. So, uh, he was, the uh, charges were dismissed. He was cleared of assault charges. Uh, and I'll quote the, police or whoever said this statement they that the investigation which has been completed and is no longer active determined that the actions of the individual portraying the flyers mascot did not constitute physical assault as alleged so he like what touched the kid on the back what the heck he must have just like slapped him in the back of the head i mean if it's not like that hard or anything i mean middle schoolers are brats first of all so the kid said something really dumb Yes. Uh, I mean, you still have to have the decency if you're like a fully grown human being to not just slap them. I mean, it's tempting, but if I was in that situation, <laughs> like full anonymity, I mean, I always think about what would happen if I was Big Red for a year. Oh my gosh. What that would have been like. <laughs> but I mean, that's definitely really wild because Gritty is such a terrifying mascot, anyways, in my opinion. The only other one that would be more terrifying to get hit by is like King Cake Baby or something like that for the Pelicans. <laughs> that one just gives everyone nightmares, and I don't understand it at all. But, I mean, it's New Orleans. They have voodoo stuff down there. There's crazier stuff than that. Yes, yes. Um, so another crazy story real quick. A uh, India resident surprised to find beer, brandy, rum mixture coming out of kitchen faucet. Hmm. I mean, that doesn't sound like that bad of a thing. <laughs> so apparently, what had happened was um, there were uh, there were six thousand liters of confiscated alcohol that had been seized on court orders and buried in a pit nearby. Hmm. And so, evidently, they the containers that housed the alcohol ruptured, and then it seeped through the soil and seeped into the well that the apartment building was using for. Uh, for their residents. So, all right. First of all, what a waste to just bury a bunch of good alcohol. <laughs> Secondly, <laughs> I mean, right. 
I wouldn't be that upset. That's something I would not report until it runs dry. But I'm I'm sure there would be some other things that probably don't need to be in there if it's going to be something like that. But I mean, you know, it reminds me of an episode of Moonshiners I saw. That, yes. <laughs> that, uh, Tickle. He was the one that always looked perpetually drunk on every single episode, and <laughs> even got arrested for public intoxication, like probably while the episode was being filmed. But uh, he took this old camper and uh, that has like sinks and stuff on the inside. But instead of filling the inside with water, he filled it with moonshine and he had a moonshine in his camper. And that's how he transported it. I would probably die. But I think the combination uh, and the mixture of the beer, brandy and the rum would be disgusting. Yeah, that probably wouldn't taste that good, and especially depending on what kind of beer it is. But if it was Bailey's, you know, I would love that. Oh, of course. I knew that. (laughs) Um... Another crazy story real quick, and then we'll let you get to yours. Uh, An an Ohio man is pondering what to do with 55,000 duplicate statements addressed to his home by a student loan company. Hmm. He got 55,000 letters that said the same flipping thing. It's like when you get all those spam calls or whatever saying, we've been trying to reach you uh, concerning your car's extended warranty. And all of that stuff. Oh, it's just so annoying. <laughs> he said he was suspicious when a postal worker said that his mail wouldn't fit in the front door mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a little concerning. Oh, my gosh. Um, and uh, well, do you have any winners and losers now that I'm done with my goofy, uh, my goofy news? Uh, that's good news. But uh, I guess for my winners, I would say football fans. Because usually this past Sunday is like the most depressing Sunday out of the whole year, just about. Because it's the first Sunday without football. It's the Sunday after the Super Bowl. But thankfully, that is not the case anymore. The XFL is officially in full swing. And I got to watch a couple of games, and I like it pretty good. I mean, the two games that I saw, I mean, they weren't really, really close games or anything. It's going to be kind of interesting to see how the different teams end up looking, if there's just going to be some that are really, really good and some that are really, really bad. But football is still around, and I have yeah. something to watch on Sundays or else it would just be completely wasted on TV. I just sleep the whole time. So I'm glad there's still some type of football, even though the team that I chose sucks. But hopefully not for long. <laughs> I should have known better than picking a football team from Florida because usually yes. when I do that, it just doesn't work out. But I like it. Tampa Bay Vipers, I think they're pretty cool. So I'll be for them. I am trying to find an XFL team. The game I watched was the DC Defenders versus uh, Seattle Dragons. Mm-hmm. And after I'd looked up the rules, because I was like, what in the heck is going on here with this kickoff? It wasn't too bad. I mean, it was enjoyable. Yeah. Um, if you don't know the XFL rules for kickoffs, like the opposing, the kickoff team, instead of lining up on their 35 or whatever yard line on their side of the field, they line up on the opponent's 35. And the defense and the receiving team would line up on the 30. And the only two people allowed to move when the ball is kicked is the kicker and the receiving, the receiver, the the kick returner. Um, And so, and then after the ball hits the ground, there's three seconds. So, I mean, it's almost like backyard football rules. Mm -hmm. But XFL wasn't as bad as it was like, what was that, 2000s? Yeah, when Vince McMahon tried to do it the first time. Yeah, and that was when Jeff Brown was in on it, and uh, he hate me. Uh, that was definitely the peak of it. Yes, 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 yes. He hate me. That was great. 
And the um, thing with it being owned by Vince McMahon is that I wish it was a little more violent than it was. Because, <laughs> I mean, they ought to just let him fight it out a little bit more. Make it sort of like hockey. There's just like you sit out a quarter or two if you just take off all the stuff that you have and just fight it out with your opponent until there's a clear winner. I think that would make it more interesting. But, I mean, I'm still glad it's back. And just real quick with my losers, uh, it's basically any basketball rooting interest I have in the state of Indiana. <laughs> Because Butler, I'll start with them, the Butler Bulldogs, they were so promising at the end of non-conference. They were number five in the country and were looking super good, and they've done terrible since they've gotten into Big East play. I know they just lost pretty bad to Marquette on Sunday by like 22 points, which is just disgusting. And they haven't even had any injuries, which is the thing. It's just the, they're found in a ways to stop their offense. They were missing so many obvious shots that they should have had. And even worse than that is my Pacers in the NBA is that they've lost six straight games and they've only won, I think it's like six of seven games since Victor Oladipo, their best players come back. He's definitely looked a little rusty since he's been able to actually play. He's still on a minute regulation. He can only play like 28, but he's finally getting a shot back a little bit. And they've lost two of those games by one point, which was absolutely crushing. But I'm hoping that they get a good break during the All-Star break coming up here pretty soon. They're playing the Bucks right now, as I say this, and the Bucks are the best team in the NBA. So I do not have high expectations for that game, whether Giannis is playing or not. But I really hope the Pacers figure it out because they had such promise. And they dropped six in a row, and it just feels like it's never going to end. Uh, yeah, Uh it go, let me go back to the XFL just for a second. Yeah, you're good, you're what good. did you think of the coaches that you could actually hear what they were calling? Dude, I love that. And being able to see into the replay booth when they're looking at uh, whatever yeah. it was called. See, I love stuff like that. I don't understand why the NFL can't do anything like that because at least we would have an explanation in real time as to why yes. they made that decision instead of you just see them talk for about three minutes and it's just all the suspense and then they make either some ridiculous call or – it might stand they, or I mean, and they basically would leave it up to the announcers to determine why the call was made. Yeah. When I mean, that's a lot of pressure on them, too, because that's not necessarily their job. Their job is just no. to kind of announce what's going on. So I, I think that the transparency of that is really good. I like I mean, that's something the NFL needs to look at, too, because I don't know if you've noticed it. I mean, officials in any sport are always under scrutiny 24-7. Like, there's usually never a game that you go to and say, man, the officiating was great. I thought this was the most fair game I've ever seen. No one ever thinks that, ever. No. Usually no. what happens is that if your favorite team loses, there's one call or two that you can look at and say, oh, well, the refs cost us this game because they didn't call a foul here or yada yada there or stuff like that. So... Being a ref sucks, but it just feels like officiating has gone down the toilet in every sport. I know the NFL's had all these pass interference things happen and all these other crazy calls. The NBA, they have a coach's challenge now, which is really nice. And I wish they would do that for college basketball, too. But there's been a lot of scrutiny. Like the thing that just happened recently, I doubt you keep up with the NBA. But for those that do, uh, the Portland Trailblazers, Damian Lillard, he got so upset because there was a super obvious goaltend that wasn't called against uh, Rudy Gobert for the Utah Jazz in a game, close game that they played. And that ended up costing them the game. And Lillard, he had to be 
held back from his teammates because he was ready to tear into that official. And he was, got fined by the league, I think, for all of the stuff that he said afterwards because he did not hold back on Twitter or in the postgame interview. So it's a good thing I'm not an official. I feel bad for anybody that is because, I mean, you never really get praised for anything that you do. It's always scrutiny 24-7. But if more places did like the XFL and had that true transparency kind of thing, I think that would be a good thing. I could actually see the NFL go into this eventually, um, you know, having the replay booth where people can listen and watch because there was a call during the, um, I don't remember the exact call, but there was a call in the, uh, the DC defenders game. And I was like, and, and there are no coaching challenges in the XFL, mm-hmm. which I thought was really interesting too. But so when they took that, when they went to the booth and they're, you know, explaining whatever, and he's like, he's got to be able, you have to see him do this. If he doesn't do this, then, you know, it's – I think it was – they were spotting the ball. It was a fourth down play or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they were like, he's got – you know, do you see this? Yeah, I see I see where he does this, but he didn't do this, you know. And it was like, this is really awesome. I really like this. This is really neat. Um, but like I said, I'm still looking for a team. I don't think it will be the uh, Tampa Vipers or whatever they are, so okay. we'll find somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you'll find somebody soon. Exactly. Um so I guess one of my other losers is uh, the Herald, yeah, and I don't care to say that. Yeah. Um, so for those of you who don't know, uh, I believe the Herald just likes to take shots at athletics to get viewers or readers, and just for shock value. Um, you see it a lot in ma- in mainstream media. They'll take a pop shot from one side of the aisle or the other and say something ridiculous, and then they get viewers and shares and stuff like that. And that's all I'm basically seeing um, from a letter to the editor. And what was the other thing they did? There was, wasn't there? Yeah, a I was vote? talking about Guy Jordan trying to do all this stuff to take unused funds from athletics, I think into something else. Yeah. So basically, uh, and that's, and that's been the debate for a long time, but that my argument with, them is that you have to have exposure if you don't get exposure through athletics and i granted the exposures may not be to what we like uh, you're going to be left in the dust i mean you're going to be a campbellsville you know or a murray state um i'm not going to encourage people to read the article because i think it's not worth the paper it's printed on and if i could i'd print it and use it in my bathroom but um <laughs> I was at I was at the I was at Western at the same time as the guy that wrote this article. His name is uh, not important. He graduated in 2010, and um, I I don't think the I don't think they were very popular at that point either, as far as their athletics uh, views. Uh, besides them just reporting games, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so what did you think of it? I'll let you go. Well, I mean, I didn't even read the full thing because I didn't want to give them a click. I just kind of based it off of what I saw everybody else was saying. But just the whole idea of it saying that Western is basically kind of like just the whole notion just doesn't make any sense to me at all. Because one of the people that replied was Mike White, of course, former quarterback for the football team. He's on the New York Jets now, which I feel bad for you. I'll be. Par- I hope he gets out of there. <laughs> but, yeah. I do. Uh, 
he was absolutely tearing into him saying that even him being a professional player, I mean, people know that Western is a, they know about their team and everything. I mean, Big Red is one of the most well-known mascots in the entire country. Like if I were to go onto the streets of some random city and ask people if they knew anything about Western Kentucky, I mean, they could have all sorts of answers, but I mean, Big Red is one of them. And the people that watch football, I mean, they know about Jeff Brom and what all he did recently and now recently with Coach Helton, the success that this team has had. So, I mean, I think it's kind of a – it's a definitely a bad take. I, I just don't really agree with it. And, I mean, athletics, if it wasn't for athletics, there wouldn't be many people at all that would even really know much about Western because, I mean, everybody fills out a March Madness bracket, and if, if we're in the tournament, you see Western Kentucky, and if we make a big upset in the tournament, people are going to be talking about that. Heck, I mean, in 2008, I mean, Ty Rogers with his shot, he won an ESPY for that, even though no one really cares about them anymore. I mean, that's still pretty a big deal for its time to be on a national award stage and winning something like that. So athletics has a – it's basically sort of like – just a way to kind of nationally market yourself just through the kind of programs that you have. So you want to try to have a high-level program. That way people think that you're a high-level university. People kind of associate those things together. Like, I mean, people can look at Kentucky and think that they're a really good basketball team, but they might think that they're still a pretty good leading institution because they have something like that or vice versa. So, I mean, it's just a bad take. So for those of you who haven't read the article, um, it's – it's just a little editorial, and he's basically targeting football. Um, he's called uh, the uh, the move from the FCS that Western did in 2006 to current uh, to the FBS a uh, arms race that Western will not win uh, because quote the uh, Western is spinning their heels. Where is that? I gotta find it. Western is basically spinning their heels, and the rich are getting richer. Uh, Oh, here it is. Uh, But what's changed in college athletics is the rich have gotten richer and WKU is spinning its wheels at the cost of its academic quality. I just don't see that. I mean, mean, well, I think there was something in the article, wasn't it a demographic talking about the how enrollment is declining? But that's just a statewide thing, too. Because that's not just Western. You can't really blame the reason why tuition is going up and enrollment is going down because it's just an endless cycle. I've said this I don't know how many times that the university faces a bunch of budget cuts. And then from those budget cuts, they have to get rid of some positions or raise tuition and the cost of living and all these other things. And then when you have to make up for what you lost from the budget cuts and make the tuition higher, then there's not going to be as many students that are as interested in coming. They might want to go somewhere cheaper, see if they can get a scholarship elsewhere. So it's just this endless cycle that they're stuck in right now, which is why it's important if you're an alumni, especially, is to make a donation or two to Western, because if you love the time that you were there, that's something that you really need to think about. I mean, not the same way with all my music people. When I, I remember when I was there, that there was this nice printer and everything in the computer lab on the third floor of the Fine Arts Center, which is where I did all my assignments, and it was on the music department and everything. And right at the end of my college career, they had to get rid of that just because of all the budget cuts that the university was facing. And I used that as kind of a thing. Uh, it's pretty cool. I don't know if you get the topper talks or not, Devin, but it's, for those of you that do, you know what I'm talking about, that it's like freshman 
that call and ask about your time at Western and everything. And I, I would use that as an example as to why I've given money back is because I know what it's like to have to face these budget cuts and it sucks for everybody. But to just try to have the take that he said and all of that, I mean, it's definitely been a good thing because if you look at what Western's accomplished as an FBS school, it's been pretty good. I mean, they've been nationally ranked. They've won bowl games, tons of bowl games. So it's good exposure, and I just think that's bad take. Yeah, I mean, the bad, and the worst part of the take is he has no numbers to back up his his. Yeah, crit- you at least got to have some numbers to further your opinion because – if you're just going to say something ridiculous, either your goal was just to get everybody tore up and get a bunch of unneeded attention because whatever reason, but it is what it is. And and here it is. It's um, okay. So he says moving back to the FCS level would remove WKU from an arms race, arms race, excuse me, in which it doesn't stand a chance to compete. Sure. WKU is at the bottom of conference USA in terms of student fees but that's because other schools have been crazy enough to try it to keep up with the Power Five schools. That, that I mean, you have nothing to back it up. I mean, and you also, have. No- I mean, there's no point to try to really compete with the Power Five, anyways, because the way that we've made money and have kept a football program is by playing Power Five schools, like going to Alabama and getting almost two million dollars, going to Ohio State in two or three years and getting almost two million dollars. Like, if it wasn't for that, I mean, you can do that at the FCS level, but we've been able to take that money from those programs and still be able to get eight to nine to ten win seasons in the process and get nationally ranked in 2015. So to say that, I just don't get that at all. And another thing, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't uh, Mike White say there were 20, uh, yeah, about 25 athletic programs that actually turn a profit? Yeah. So to say that, to say that that's ridiculous, dude. Um, when you have the quarter, when you have one of the practice squad quarterbacks for the New York Jets coming onto Twitter and putting you in your place like that, you need to deactivate your account immediately. That's just <laughs> my two cents. I love Mike White, but that, come on, man. And my last point, I'm going to say, or last two points, um, is that if you start looking up enrollment, enrollment is down across the board. Oh, in yeah. Um, I may have shared that, and I'm not sure if I did or not on our little group chat, but. Um, Across the board, I mean, from Murray State to UK to Louisville to, you know, FCS and FBS, schools are down probably 5% on enrollment. And you can't really judge the athletics department based off of that. I mean, so that's just showing across the board enrollment's down. And my last point, um, if you want to see where Western would be if we'd have stayed in the FCS, look at Eastern. Or look at Murray yeah. State. You know what have they really done in the past few years? Absolutely nothing. Their 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 academics hasn't gone up. Yeah, they haven't done anything. See, they just kind of showed. I will work. give this guy one bit of credit, and that is, if Western were to drop to the FCS level in football again, is that it would open them up to be in a really good basketball conference, and that is the only plus that I would have for that. But I love football too much for something like that to happen because. You're not going to go to the streets and be like, hey, man, uh, I'm going to go to this FCS-level football game. It's going to be so fun. We're going to play uh, Western Illinois Technical College. It's going to be such a good game. I mean, people aren't going to be interested in that. No. I mean, Western's hosted Vanderbilt in football, and that was an incredible environment. It was hotter than Blue Blazes, but it was such a fun game. Went into two overtimes. I mean, Western's going to be hosting Indiana, not this year, but the next, I think, too. So we're playing Power 5 competition in our own stadiums. 
that draws people out. That makes national attention if you win something like that, too. So, I mean, I still can't believe someone spent that much time writing that article. But, I mean, I guess they had a lot of free time. My thing is, in talking about your... Uh, the, the only real point that I actually was kind of like, yeah, I can see that, is when he's talking about Western only being on... Uh, being on Facebook Live, or and yeah, only on the CBS. The deals are terrible. Voice. I will give. I would, yeah, that's absolutely true. That that's the only thing that I will actually give a little bit of uh, support to. But uh, don't waste your time, listeners. I'll just t- I'll say that for now. Um, so uh, other sports, we'll jump into real quick. Uh, let's see. Softball has been hitting it hard here lately. I looked up. Kind of went through Western's uh, little calendar here, and softball started last on the seventh. They played uh, in the Troy. What is it? The Troy Classic, the Trojan Classic, uh, down great. in Troy. And uh, they played uh, Lipscomb, uh, College of Charleston, North Florida twice, uh, Troy, and I may have missed somebody. I think that was it. They finished the. Uh, they finished three and two. Uh, they lost to Lipscomb. They lost to North Florida once. Yeah, okay, that's everybody. Uh, and they played. They ended up beating North Florida on the last day on the ninth. Uh, so Sunday, they beat them on the three-two. Uh, uh, so the uh, so softball is doing really good, and they will actually be going to play at the Chattanooga Challenge on the fourteenth, which is Valentine's Day. Um, so good luck, girls. They're going to be playing Ohio at 10 a.m., uh, and that's Central Time, and then they'll be playing Chattanooga at 3 p.m. So uh, support them as best you can. I don't know as far as uh, what ba- ways to watch, but uh, there should be something out there for you. Um, women's basketball, the ladies beat La Tech and Southern Miss. Uh, so great game for them, 84-75. And uh, they beat Southern Miss 81 to 65 on the eighth. Uh, they'll play UTEP, and that one's going to be at home. So make sure to show up for the Lady Tops, and uh, that is uh, that's at 7 p.m. tomorrow night. And then uh, they play UTSA on Saturday at 3 p.m. And both of those are at home. So uh, if you've got young girls who enjoy playing basketball, high school girls, middle school girls, whatever. Uh, take them out and let them, you know, see how the uh, college-age girls play basketball. You know, maybe they can learn something watching these girls play um, and support them as best you can. Yeah, they, these games are going to be really important because uh, I think it was Matt that shared that one of ESPN's bracketology guy for women, uh, he has the lady tops as a at-large for the NCAA tournament, uh, one of the last four in. So these games are going to be really important. If they lose another game, that could be the deciding factor as to whether or not they get an at-large or not, regardless of how they do in the NCAA tournament. So the, all of these games from here on out are going to be really important for the Lady Tops, and I hope they can pull it out. They are currently sitting at 8-3 and three in the conference. They are three games back from first. Uh, Rice is sitting at first. Uh, Old Dominion is sitting at second. And Old Dominion is one game behind Rice. We should be able to see UTEP is kind of mid middle of the conference, so that might not be a bad game. UTSA is almost last. Uh, Marshall, anytime we play Marshall, I want to beat them. They're towards the bottom, too. They're under UTEP. So, I mean, the girls could, you know, actually do really well towards the end of this conference. 
Um, so like, yeah, like I said, just make sure to support them. Uh, they'll be on different media. ESPN is awful about, oh, uh, they'll be on ESPN three at 7 PM Eastern. So that's probably, yeah. So if you can watch the game, watch the game. Uh, if you can go to the game, go to the game, support the girls. Uh, it would definitely be awesome. Uh, make it a little Valentine's day treat or something, you know, so support the lady tops best you can. Um, so last time we talked, we said, let me ruffle my Jim Rome papers here. Last time we talked, we said that we thought that, um, Western would split with, uh, LaTeX or the, uh, LaTeX and Southern Miss. We figured they would split. And I believe I had you, it splitting the opposite way. I had us beating LaTeX and then having a major letdown against Southern Miss. And the scary part was that I was almost right. <laughs> yeah, I just were, knew it. I absolutely knew it. If this is the state of our basketball program, folks, this was fun. <laughs> going to the LaTeX game, I was like, man, this is going to be such a close game on the edge of your seat. The diddle environment is going to be so great. It's the blackout. It's going to be gr- a super good game. We were leading by 20 points at halftime, <laughs> and I was just like, whoa, okay, I'll take that, and we still ended up getting a huge double-digit win, but, I mean, LaTeX, they didn't help themselves too much. I know that they shot pretty bad from deep. They started heating up in the second half a lot, and they cut it to 10 points, but they never got any closer than that. The Tops were able to pull it off, and they were shooting really good, too. So the LaTeX game was great. It was a good uniform matchup, too. They were wearing the black uniform the guys were, and then uh, LaTeX was wearing their throwback baby blue uniforms. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And I didn't go to the Southern Miss game, but I watched it on TV. I just had a lot going on. And my dad wanted one of his friends to go. So I'm watching the game, and I'm prepared. I'm fully prepared for a loss. I was probably the only person that even thought that this would remotely be a close game because I think ESPN had us at like a 14-point favorite or something like that. Yeah. But I knew because whenever we have a major blowout win, it's sort of like the laws of whatever, that whenever there's one big thing that happens, however good you do in that one game is how bad you're going to do in the next. And, of course, Southern Miss came out looking like the freaking Golden State Warriors draining just about every single three that they threw up. And they were leading by 10 points at halftime. And (laughs) it was funny because, I mean, so many other people like, man, we're going to win this game. This will be easy. We just got to blow out Southern Miss. And it came down to the last second, basically, because we only won by three points, 75 to 72. And if they would have made a three at the very end of that, It would have gone into overtime, and God knows what would have happened then. But I knew it was going to be a letdown, but I'm glad they were able to get by without a loss because that would have just been atrocious. But so okay, (laughs) let me stop you real quick. The LaTeX, or was it Southern Miss, you said was the blackout? Uh, LaTeX was a blackout. Okay, so as you know, Jake always has to tell this stat, that whenever there is a blackout, the team wearing black always has the most fouls. Mm Mm-hmm. That it did not hold true in the La Tech Western game. Yeah, Western had eleven fouls, where La Tech had sixteen. Yeah, it was pretty fair, I guess. I mean, of course, we were bad. at home, so I don't know how that played into it too. But still. I mean, and also people were saying the black uniforms were cursed after we lost to UAB too, and we ended up <laughs> winning by a lot. So I mean, you just can never really know. 
There's so many different factors that can pull it into that. I don't think what we saw on Thursday was the real La Tech team that we will see in the uh, Conference USA tournament because they had kind of an off night. I know that they're capable of a lot more than that, but I think we match up with them a lot better than we do somebody like uh, North Texas again because they're going to be really upset the way that they lost the game that we played to them earlier. And it's going to be interesting to see how that turns out. And I'm more worried about the Florida schools at this point because the way we played against FIU with the big guy that they have, he's going to eat us alive if we play them again, especially in the conference tournament. So I'm hoping we don't match up with them. So uh, I want to kind of throw it out to my throw a shout out to my grandfather because he was a big basketball guy back in the '60s at Allen County. But um, so let me. This is going to be a long way, and then I'll get back to how I get to him. Uh, so Western and LaTeX shot about forty percent. Western shot forty four percent from the field. We shot thirty one point six. Both teams thirty one point six percent. Now here's where it comes in crazy. Western shot 82.6% and LaTeX shot 50% free throws. Of course, Western had about 23 total and they hit 19, where LaTeX had four total and they hit two. But still, those are the easy points you got to get. Yeah. So uh, my grandfather always said that you, a team has to make their free throws. Those are the easy points. You got to make those because that don't make the difference in the ball game. So, um, yeah, that that's that. <laughs> babies and uh, basketball teams apparently like to make liars out of me, so it's fine. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> um, so yeah, Western. Uh, as you were saying, yeah, they played LaTeX. Did awesome. I mean, uh, can't complain. Largest lead was twenty two, um, and they did kind of what I talked about last time is they never really let LaTeX get back into it. The closest they ever came was one point, and that was with 14.34 to go in the first. Uh, and then, like I said, the largest was 22, and then right there at the end of the game, LaTeX tried to make a push, and it was not going to happen for them. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, on the opposite end, did they do they just play down to the competition? Is that what we're, is that yeah, what we're looking at? Absolutely. Here? If we were in the SEC, it would be nationally ranked because that's just <laughs> kind of how this team is. It's sort of like Vanderbilt. Yeah. yeah. Because Vanderbilt, they hadn't won a single game in the SEC, and then they played the unbeaten team in the SEC, LSU, and win by nine points. And I'm just like Maybe they should just play the top half of the competition. Maybe they'll do better. And then they just played Kentucky on uh, Tuesday, I think it was. And that was, they were leading at halftime, but they eventually tapered out. And, of course, Kentucky, they travel a lot of people to Nashville for the Vanderbilt game. It always feels so bad for them because it's like a sea of blue in their own stadium because it's right down 65, and there's a lot of people that come to that game. But it, I, I don't know. It's just so weird that when we play really big teams – we play like a really big team and sometimes even blow them out. But yet when we play like the most lowly team in the conference or worse, it's like they're just trying to get by with a win. Like that's completely a mindset issue. I don't know if that's a coaching thing or not, if he really prepares them the way that for games that they should. Yeah. Like I want to see this team be able to come out and see teams like Southern Miss and just absolutely beat the pants off of them. But you got to give Southern Miss credit too because they were shooting really good, especially yeah. in the first half of that game. 
and they never gave up. They stayed in it, and they made a really good ball game out of it. And I mean, you got to give them credit too. But it's yeah. just one of those crazy things that I mean, you never really know what you're going to get out of this team. <laughs> well, I mean, and and like you said, they did. They really did play well. Uh, Western shot seventy nine percent from the free throw line, uh, where lot or not lot take. Gosh, uh, Southern Miss shot fifty four percent. And then Western couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat shooting the yeah. three. It was yeah. 22% to 35%. Um, and then, of course, from the field, it was pretty, they were pretty close with 42 and 43. But, I mean, just crazy. I mean, it's one of those that you, yeah, like we were, you were just saying, they, if they were in the Big East, they would be better than Butler, I guess. But, you know, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> they would lose to the LaSalle's. <laughs> and the worst teams that are in the Big East, though, probably. Yeah, Rutgers. You but know. they would be Villanova and all the <laughs> Rutgers. <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah, uh, I try to get it in when I can. Um, but yeah, I mean, the guys did great. They're going to end up playing uh, UTEP tomorrow night at 9 p.m. And that is on the road. Let me see if I can find that real quick. See what it's on. Um, it doesn't have anything. So is it a Facebook Live one then, maybe? Yeah, usually if it doesn't say anything, it's Stadium or okay. Stadium Facebook Live. But um, Western is sitting at a 59% uh, in the BPI uh, for ESPN. So this could be a pretty close game. Western is currently sitting at a one and a half, minus one and a half. Uh, going into their arena, though, I will say it's tough. They have one of the best home environments when all their fans show up. Like, I know that we've been the reciprocant of being in there when they honor their uh, national title team from, I think it was 66. And they had a message from President Obama on the video boards. They went all out, and they ended up tearing us apart (laughs) that game. So, I mean, it just really depends on their home atmosphere. It's a really good venue in basketball. I wish I could go see a game there sometime eventually. But I would never sleep on any team going on the road. I mean, nothing is a given. Even against UTSA, they've underperformed worse than just about anybody in the conference. They had in preseason votes to be one of the top teams in the conference, and they don't even have a 500 record now, which is pretty sad. But, I mean, for that game, you just have to guard two people. Just guard Javon Jackson and uh, Keaton Wallace, and you have a pretty good shot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. Um and, we, and that's kind of what we were talking about with the USM game last week, that it was going to be a cake – well, not necessarily a cakewalk, but that the, that the guys should be fine. And they ended up winning that game by three points. Uh, so, like you said, you can't take – you cannot uh, walk into it think you've won by any means. Um, so, how do you think the guys will do uh, coming up in this uh, series? Oh, God. I wish I could have – there's no way to predict how this team will ever do in any given circumstance. I will preface it by saying that. But realistically, considering it's on the road, it's kind of a far drive. We'll fly. I mean, yeah. this is almost into New Mexico going to El Paso. Yes. So I feel like realistically it would make more sense if we lost against UTEP and beat UTSA. But I, considering that makes sense, I must go with the opposite – we will beat UTEP, and then our legs will get to us a little bit against UTSA. And Javon Jackson and Keaton Wallace will probably average 70 points between them and somehow pull out a win. So who knows, man? I wish I did. If you cannot go. Uh, so I was just looking on uh, Western's WKU sports page. 
Uh, the bas- uh, men's basketball plays uh, UTSA on Saturday. That's at 2 p.m. Central Time, so Central USA. Uh, it's on CBS Sports Network on Facebook. Uh, and then, of course, the 13th, uh, they play UTEP So th- this tomorrow. So that'll be on Stadium on Facebook. Uh, that's at 8 p.m. Central, uh, and that game is in El Paso. Um, and you know what? I was just thinking about this. Isn't Tijuana right across from El Paso? Isn't that right? I want to say so, yeah. So, you know, that's the one thing, knock on wood, we haven't had an issue with this year is partiers. Mm-hmm. Or, or at least I haven't heard anything. Have you? Uh, I mean, I haven't technically heard anything, but there's a lot of assumptions that can be made about a few people if you follow their social media very well, but I'm not going to say yeah. anything. But nobody's gotten in trouble. No. Nobody's arrested. Yeah, thank God no one's gotten in trouble yes. for anything done. And that's kind of what I was hint- hitting at. But, yeah, uh, nobody's gotten arrested. Nobody's gotten in trouble this year. And last year we just kept preaching, stop smoking the dope. But Stay off the weed. That's right. <laughs> I guess I guess the bad apples either, you know, either Stan's got rid of them or, you know, something else. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Are they cleaned up? I don't yeah, know. Hopefully. Um, so, I mean, it's kind of a short show tonight. I mean, we didn't have Ross to uh, talk a lot about all the uh, uh, the other issues with the Herald, I guess. So Yeah, and all the other sports like softball, baseball, all that. <laughs> yeah, and, and baseball, good. Thank you for bringing that up. Baseball is starting, uh, was that next week or the week after or something? I don't know. I'm not a baseball person. I know there's been so many people on my timeline absolutely tore up about them proposing to change the MLB postseason or whatever, like the playoff format. I haven't read into it, but I just saw where people were really triggered about it. I don't know if it'd be a good idea or not, because I take whatever subject you know the least about, and that's me with baseball, pretty much. So Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. Same deal here. Yeah. the only, I used to follow the Yankees big back in the day, and that was when Jeter was there. Understandable. I always admired Derek Jeter, uh, but once he retired, I was just like, I don't care. I mean, it was probably before that that I just – Really just kind of lost interest in baseball. Uh, but for those of you wondering, WKU baseball season oper- opener against Valpo is moved to Saturday. Uh, so I guess there was a game scheduled. Uh, yeah, they, they ske- originally scheduled the game at 3 p.m. on Friday for February 14th. Uh, they moved it to Saturday at 1 p.m. And Where then was there that? It was It was at Western. Okay, that makes sense because the weather has been absolutely atrocious down here. I mean, it's supposed yes. to be storming probably by the time I get done with this podcast, and it has been all day. So that's winter okay. for you. I was, my wife made fun of me. I shared something on Facebook earlier, and it was like uh, day 147 of rain. Basically. And uh, a guest knocks on your door, and it's like, get out of my swamp. Yeah, that's my short <laughs> impression. So. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I need to take a kayak just to get to church at the end of my street. It's ridiculous. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you better wear a life jacket. I might. Seriously, you might wash away. Um, but uh, <laughs> Western's playing. They got a Valpo series all weekend. Uh, basically, the games are at 1 p.m. at Nick Dennis Field. Uh, so Saturday, Sunday, Monday, if you want to go, go show up and support the Tops. Uh, you can watch Sunday's game on HSSN on Facebook. Um, I don't see anything about the other two games, but uh, go out and support baseball. You know, you got a little young man, young woman wanting to play. Uh, go support them and, you know, sh- 
let them see how the big dogs do it. I'm sure the, the guys will love to sign autographs or do whatever for the kids. So, uh, but yeah, support baseball too. Uh, just support the tops in general. So, um, kind of in the night here, uh, we're going to talk about things that I guess we're kind of doing off of, uh, you know, on our free time. Uh, and we were going to talk about the documentary McMillian, but oh, yeah. Jared has been, Jared's got homework to do. And oh, he's yeah. Cause you always recommend all these other old movies that I haven't seen. And I still have like a list that's ridiculous. Well, we, <laughs> well we talked about McMillions though. Yeah. We talked about it last time. You remember that? Yeah, I know, but I don't even know if it's actually on yet. I know that HBO is doing it. It's like a nine-part series, so I don't know if it's all released yet. And I don't even have HBO anyways. I'm sure you could find it on a uh, non-recommended uh, thing, and Maybe. I'm sure they've got it somewhere. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's on HBO. They've got two – I've heard they've caught some criticism from it because they're releasing them week by week and not yeah. all at once. at the same time. Um, so the, um, <laughs> so McMillions is, I won't, no spoilers. Um, but there is a huge scandal back in the, in 2001, the Jacksonville FBI caught wind of a, uh, fraudulent cheating scandal with, um, the, uh, with someone who, you, who worked for a company that, who printed the tickets basically for the, uh, uh, for the Monopoly game that McDonald's used to do, which I don't know. Do they still do that? I don't go there enough. to. I don't either. Because it used to be, a, I think it used to be in November. Well, I don't know why I want to say that, but that sounds right to me in my mind. Back in the day, I mean a long time ago, because when I was a kid, I would always do the McDonald's Monopoly thing. Well, heck yeah, everybody thought they were going to win. We didn't yeah. realize that we needed to get our uncle to work there to get us to win these things. But uh, it's a really good documentary. Um, if you have access to HBO or some of those streaming services, definitely check that out. It's really good. Uh, my wife and I have gotten into the second episode and it's gotten really like, it's gotten a lot more complicated. It was like, I mean, it went from like a simple thing that you thought was going on. And now there's a lot more going on around the scenes and you're like, really? Uh, but no spoilers. No spoilers. I won't say anymore. Um, and the other thing I'm watching, another HBO thing, is uh, it's a Stephen King uh, book that has been converted to a series, and it's called The Outsider. Hmm. Have you Have you read the book? I've heard of it. I'm not much of a reader. Okay. For many reasons, but I mean, no. <laughs> I I've got like ADD, so. Um, I don't literally have ADD. I'm not, I haven't been diagnosed with it. So I'm not, I, I shouldn't joke like that, but my wife swears I do because I do not have the concentration to read more than like a chapter out of a book. And then I set it down. Yeah. I have to have that hook that keeps me interested in a book because if I don't, then I cannot read it. It's just mm -hmm. like, ugh, really? Um, but the series is really good. Um, and I may end up going and getting the book and adding it to my bookshelf of books I haven't read. So Nice. <laughs> Those could just be bedtime stories for your daughter. That'll work. Yes. Uh, Game of Thrones. A uh, couple of Stephen King books are on my shelf right now. I can't see all of them right now because I need to change my contacts. Uh, but anyway, uh, do you have any that you're uh, things to do, things to watch, things you're interested in right now? Oh, God. So... Uh... <laughs> 
I have Amazon Prime Video just because it comes with my Amazon Prime subscription. Oh, and yeah? I, finally, I never really used it much for some inexplicable reason, but I've started to get into it. I remember the last time we talked about this, and we talked about all of our weird haunted stuff. Like, I talked about Hellier documentary but i found something even more interesting than that and that's finding like the most low budget like sea level or below movies that exist onto amazon prime because there was one i saw i, I might have to do more just because that <laughs> it's so yeah. bad but funny yeah. i don't know that like some of my favorite movies are ones that are either extremely terrible unironically like they actually tried to make a good movie like the room or something like that where it's just a terrible movie or the ones that are extremely dumb like monty python and the holy grail i watched that the other day still amazing incredible classic yes I, i watched the movie knowing which was actually one of my favorite movies i liked with nicholas cage in it i actually do recommend that movie if you like kind of weird like psychological thriller movies about like it's like an apocalyptic kind of film it's really really interesting just kind of their interpretation on that it's kind of creepy but there was one that i was looking at all the suggested stuff it's like all horror movies at this point and there was one called door uh, door in the woods and without any spoilers because the ending is kind of a sinister ending that's the only thing that makes any sense is how they lead into that the ending is the only thing that makes sense everything else is just kind of people talking like <laughs> it was this is like i looked for, up anything about it i couldn't find anything on it at all it doesn't even have a wikipedia page so this is like extremely low budget horror movie but it takes place that there's this new family moving into a new neighborhood as every horror movie in the past 10 years has started out and it has the kid and everything he's trying to go to a new school and the mom is like this craft crafty uh, crafty mom or whatever does all the artsy stuff and she finds this door in the woods it's standing upright and looks super archaic and it has chains around it. So this woman goes into woods and finds a door that has chains on it. And you, sh- you know what she says? She says, I want that in my house. So, what? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> That's my thoughts. Exactly. Like you see this thing and it's just like, why would any human being on earth think that taking that is a good idea? If it was just sitting up normal, I wouldn't want it. But the fact that it's chained to, to basically nothing. Yeah. That's just a terrible idea. So yeah. she, apparently she takes it anyways, paints it this nice fire engine red and sticks it at the closet at the end of her hallway. And then all this weird stuff starts happening. And she has what? like this, she has this psychic guy or whatever. It's just a tarot guy. Then he's trying to cleanse the house and all these things. And the thing with the door that makes it really creepy is that in this town, there had just been all of these different cases where children have gone missing just without a trace that a family might have a kid and their kid is just gone and they never find their kid again. There's no leads. It just basically disappear overnight. And the reason why is because of the door and like all of this weird like demonic possession stuff that basically makes children disappear and shock the kid that she has disappears after they said they were going to try to get yeah, I know. Right. So, and then they have to go through all of this stuff to try to get the son back. She talks to the witch doctor basically and is, try- <laughs> and is trying to communicate with the spirits. They go back to where the door was. It was like this house that this lady thought it was and, but, but it, it's just so it doesn't make any sense to me because they drag out this scene for like 40 minutes and it's supposed to be really scary, but it's not even it's not jump scare. It's not like psychological scary that much. 
it's just like very anticlimactic. And then it gets to the end, and they're basically making this deal with the devil or whatever. And I won't like go. In, I won't spoil it for any of you that for some reason want to waste an hour and twenty five minutes of your life. <laughs> but I may have to do this more often because just looking at low budget movies and just kind of like tearing them to shreds, I get kind of a weird sadistic satisfaction out of. But Door in the Woods is the name of it. It's on Amazon Prime Video. It's probably on YouTube because I'm sure they haven't made that much money off of this movie. <laughs> but yeah, go ahead. It, it makes me want to make a horror movie just for the fact that I would. The things that scare me most aren't like the little girls in the white dresses that have like the super long black hair over their eyes and everything. Ever since like The Ring did that, and basically everyone has copied it. Even before that, with The Exorcist. Like, I just want some original horror movies. And the ones that I really like are like that. I mean, I the Insidious movies, I liked those a lot. The whole concept behind the first two were really good. Yes. And they kind of started to go downhill. But I need some people to start making some horror movies that aren't gore every five seconds, aren't jump scares with some little girl with a white dress and black hair and looks all creepy standing <laughs> at the foot of your bed. I want something that could actually like happen, you know, something that hasn't been used in the same formula for the past 15 years. But it, I may have to see, there's a bunch of recommended stuff off of it. So I may have to look at some more low budget, but uh, low budget horror movies just for the heck of it. If I ever have time. So it, it, I got, it was funny. Definitely. Um, so Jared, I'm going to have to, I'm going to give you another piece of homework. Okay. And you oh, will God. enjoy this. Trust me. Um, have you ever watched Mystery Science Theater 3000? No. <laughs> what is that? Okay. You need to look. Uh, you've got Netflix, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Okay. Look it up on Netflix. Uh, it is a show. Each episode's like an hour and a half. But what they do is, is they sit down and watch movies just like you're talking about. They're not horror movies. They're sci-fi movies. Oh, uh, man. So one of the most, probably one of the most famous ones that they did is called Mac and Me. And if you've never seen Mac and Me, it is one of the god-awfulest things. Of course, the entire time that you're watching this movie, they're sitting, like, quote, in the front row watching it in, like, a movie theater-style thing, and they're commenting the entire time. And it's really funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really good show. Um, my wife hates it, but I think it's hilarious. <laughs> uh, but, yes, you need to check that out because, um, like, Mac and Me, there's two or three others and you're just you they're like b minus c d movies or whatever you want to call them they're awful but they are so it's so funny watching it like that because you're just like really you know you thought this was a great idea okay let's uh yeah let's back it up and the thing with the one i watched too it had some of the most like weird shots that just didn't make sense like there was a five minute scene or more like that's how long it felt that it was like the kid and the mom talking in the car but it was like the whole conversation in the rearview mirror is where it shows them talking and it was like the same cut for like five minutes i'm just like when are you going to change angles and then another one where they were in the kitchen like it, it it showed the window and like all the blinds and stuff and you could actually see like the reflection of the blinds onto the limbs of the camera which i mean of course i have a lot of production experience just i I took video productions in high school and a little bit in college too and of course audio stuff i know a ton of i'm just like man what are y'all doing y'all should know (laughs) stuff like this i mean trying to get the white balance fixed first of all and then the whole lighting issue is just like bro 
<laughs> that's funny. That's really funny. Uh, but uh, that's all I've got, guys. I will remind you, just like always, remember to like, share, and subscribe every episode uh, so we can kind of... Uh, you know, get the word out about the Red Out podcast. Uh, we enjoy doing this. We do it for fun, and uh, we do it because we love Western. But don't forget, uh, Friday's Valentine's Day, so don't forget your uh, significant other in your life. Um, softball plays on the 14th. Uh, women's basketball plays on tomorrow, and then they play again on the 15th, uh, UTEP and UTSA. And then the guys play UTEP and UTSA Tomorrow, UTEP, and on the 15th, they play UTSA. And then baseball opens up this weekend, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, with Valpo. Um, so check those out. Uh, I think the majority of those will be on Facebook. Uh, so for those of you who do or do not know how to work that, uh, you can send one of us a message or something or you know, post on the uh, basketball uh, Facebook group, and they'll – be glad to help you. I know the, the admin there loves that kind of stuff. So, Oh, man. It's, <laughs> it's a blessing and a curse. Absolutely. I'm sure it is, buddy. Especially when people start sharing random political stuff. And I'm just oh. like, why would you do that? Yeah, I agree. And uh, that's a discussion for another time. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, hey, guys, as always, go Tops. Go Tops. Hey, take care, bud. We'll see you next week, okay? Yeah, it's good. I'll talk to you later, man.